Amen. Thank you all for being here this morning. Welcome to Lindsay Lane. My name is Andy John King. I'm the lead pastor here. And if you are a guest with us this morning, you received a Global Impact Celebration booklet on your way in. And inside of that is a guest card. If you fill that out and place it in the offering bucket on the way out, we'll be glad to follow up with you. Uh, But also, you were given this because this is the beginning uh, of our Missions Emphasis Week here at Lindsay Lane as we are leading up to next Sunday, which is our Global Impact Celebration. You may have noticed that through the booklet, through the sign and through the stage. Uh, But we're so glad that you have have come today. And in this booklet, I would encourage you, if not now, later, sometime today, take a quick read through this. Look at all that's been put into this uh, that Brother Eric and Miss Rhonda have, have done a great job putting together for you because it answers the question of how Lindsay Lane does missions and, and how we fulfill the Great Commission. Uh, it answers if you're at, if as Brother Bradley was just talking about the global impact offering that that comes up next week and the challenge and and what that goes to. If you want to know what that goes to, just take a look at it because if you don't know enough, know enough. Amen. Uh, read it and, and give it a glance because it will help you understand how we as a church locally are reaching here, there, and everywhere as we see in the Scripture. And, and so this morning, uh, Brother Eric Pugh is going to come here in just a minute. He's going to preach our message today. Brother Eric has served at Lindsay Lane since 2006. I should say uh, he and his wife have served here since 2006. Miss Susan, and uh, we're, we're so thankful that, that they have, uh, God called them here and that they've served faithfully here. Now, they've served in different roles, uh, especially in family ministry and counseling ministry. But Brother Eric has been tasked with the responsibility over the years of keeping our eyes and our heart focused outside and on the nations. And he's done an incredible job of that. Lindsey Lane has a, has a reputation uh, for, for being on mission, for sending on mission, for being a part of what God is doing in the world. And so together with his lovely wife, Susan, they have accomplished a lot of praying, giving, going, and sending. A lot of you have, have done all of those things because of, of their leadership and God leading them here at Lindsay Lane. So Brother Eric, if you would come up just for a moment, um, as, as all of you should know by now, but Brother Eric is retiring at the turn of the year. We are prayerfully considering who his replacement will be in the area of missions. And so I've invited him to come today to share uh, his heart with you. And I'm telling you, you need to listen. Amen. You, you really need to take it in because it, it's going to challenge you uh, and teach you about God's word and what God would have us to do towards the area of missions. But before he, before I pray and, and before he takes the pulpit, would you just acknowledge his ministry with me? Amen. Would you say, amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's right. Brother Eric, you come on. I'm I'm telling you, man, I've told you this before. These guys that have served here this long and this faithful, they're my heroes. Uh, they've done it so well and, and for such a long time and so faithfully, and, uh, and that's appropriate, man. We, we do, as the Scripture says, to honor those who work for the Lord, and, and so we do that for you. We thank, we're thankful for you, thankful for Miss Susan and your family, and we love you. We sure do. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, I, I thank you for this moment we've just had, and, and God, we thank you for a lifetime of, of ministry. And I just pray, oh God, now that with all of that being done, that you would bless your messenger for this moment, that you would give him the words that we need to hear, Lord, from your word. And God, would you uh, use him in this time? And Spirit of God, would you guide us into all truth? Lord, would you shape us, continue to shape us into the church that you would have us to be for the future, for your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Andy John. Thank y'all. I love y'all very, very much. 
I'm just so humbled and honored to get to serve alongside and under and around Pastor Dusty and Bradley and all those for years. And now our young leadership, I've told you before, and I'll tell you again, you're in good hands. God has brought us godly men and wives to, to lead us. So thank you all for this very special moment. I'm really just going to take a few minutes to build on messages, sermons that Pastor Dusty, Brother Bradley's preached on this a lot. Uh, Brother Dwayne leads us every week in this particular area to give glory to God and just make sure that he's first in our lives. Uh, you know, COVID has just changed everything, right? It's impacted us in so many ways. Our GIC is different. I think it's the only GIC happening anywhere right now, but we just really wanted to bring our great commission partners in to celebrate with us and to love on them. So it's going to be different as he's already mentioned to you. Uh, but the purpose of our GIC never changes. You know, God's kingdom and his purpose and plan never changes, no matter what disease, wars, whatever happens. So we're making some adjustments. Well, I'm asking you the question, what is the purpose of the GIC? And I need you to answer that question. Because this question was asked of churchgoers recently, and uh, the results, the test results weren't very good. The question was, what are we, uh, why are we involved in missions, and what is the global, what is the Great Commission, the Global Great Commission? Do you know it? Next chart, 51% of the people said they did not even know what it was. They'd never heard of it. Churchgoers, not church members. Look, only 17% knew what the Great Commission is. That's 83% of the people really didn't know. And when we hear the statistics like that at our staff, we go, well, that's not Lindsay Lane. You know, we're better than that. We know, we know better. Uh, but it's probably applicable in a, in a way. So one of the things I want to do here as we roll this out is be sure that we understand some of Jesus' last words in the Great Commission. He says in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, y'all know this very well, but listen carefully. He says, as you go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That same study, that same Barna group study uh, found out that churches that are very active in, in sending people on mission uh, do these things. They bring missionaries in. They have missionaries in their groups. They get to know them, on and on and on. It just describes what we're doing this week, serving alongside them. So these are ways that we can learn about the Great Commission, but also it's ways that we can be involved in it. Now, I want to kind of set the outline with our GIC theme. If you would put it up there, let's, let's look at our GIC theme for this year. It's revealing God's glory and peace to the nations. That's not just a bunch of words, random words or good-sounding words. We put a lot of prayer and thought in listening to God about what, what he wanted to teach us, and he really has, and I'm excited to share some of that with you today. Our theme verses come from Psalm 96, 1 through 3, if you want to look there, but read along with me. Sing to the Lord a new song. Brother Dwayne, there's a plug for you. Teach us new songs. It's, it's, it's biblical. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare the glory of the nations 
among the nations, his wonderful works among all peoples. That's back in Psalm. That's revealing God's glory back then. That was why he chose Israel out. We've always tried to be active here, not passive. Uh, themes like going on mission with God. That's been some of our GI themes before. Making a difference. Spreading the light of Christ in a dark world. Prevailing against the gates of hell. The gates, the gates of hell will not prevail against us, Jesus said, if we charge them. If we're just standing around, they're just going to keep people captive. So we've got to be moving, church. The, the church word for this is mobilization. That's another church word. But Pastor Dusty is doing that. In his retirement, he's going around to churches helping them mobilize their members to be involved with outreach, with evangelism. I'm going to put it in simple uh, terms here. I'm just going to say we're trying to move you from the seat to the street. (laughs) From the seat to the street has been our motto for a long time. The Bible teaches us that God has really already revealed himself in many ways. Y'all know the creation. Just look around. Isn't it beautiful? He's revealing his majesty. He's revealed himself through his word, through his son, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. And he's chosen us, his people, to reveal himself. Jesus said in Matthew five sixteen, let your light shine before mankind that they may see your works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. So we get to be. We don't have to. This is not a work thing. This is a privilege. It's an opportunity to be involved. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but when you look at the Old Testament and the nation of Israel, we talk about them being a chosen people, and they were. In fact, turn to 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, and you'll see these titles given to the nation of Israel. They're taken from Exodus and Isaiah and Deuteronomy, different places in in the Old Testament. And Peter's putting it together in the context of the New Testament church. That's us. And he says in verses 9 and 10, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. What does a priest do? They're a liaison between God and mankind and mankind and God. A holy nation, a people of his own possession. That word there is laos. It means laity. That's us. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, that's the Old Testament descriptions of Israel. There was nothing special about them. I mean, they were just people. Yes, God loved them, but he loves all people. And he wanted them to be his people to reach the nations. And you'll see that all through Old Testament. And so for us today. Proclaiming his excellencies in the next key word of our theme, you'll see God's glory. We're revealing God's glory. That's a church word that Pastor Andy John's already preached on. I'll just tell you, July 5th, if you missed that message, go back and watch it. You, you really need to hear that message. I won't try to unpack that now, but it is incredible when we begin to focus on how glorious he is. Look at that verse again in First Peter. To proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness. We get to do that. Now, we speak around here a lot about a biblical worldview, and that's really important, that we see creation, marriage, morality, everything through the lens of Scripture. It's very, very important. But what I've been learning in the perspectives class that we go through on Tuesday nights here, that's huge. That's huge. That's our foundation. But that's not it. That's not all of it. God wants us to have a missional foundation, a missional perspective. And the only way you really can get that is by 
studying and learning the heart of God and understand that he has always loved people. He's always wanting us to see people out there as, as his, crea- his creations, made in his image. Now, I need to take a, do a footnote here. It's very important to me in my heart as we counsel, as we've seen people come to this altar. But this, this missional worldview is not a selfish American dream prosperity that's about me. We call that meology here. It's not about what have you done for me lately, God? What happens when we adopt or adapt that type of Christianity where it's about me? It begins to turn inward on us, and it just eats away, and we become very self-focused, self-centered. When things bad happen, we begin to say, why me, God? Why me? Instead of theology, it's a meology. Let me give you a story. When you go on mission trips, you'll, you'll have stories like this in your life. I was in Eastern Europe with the Kalelas one time, and a, a man and I went to get some food for an event we were doing, and I was just riding along getting to know him, and, and uh, he told me that he grew up in the national religion there. It's very self-focused. It's orthodoxy. And that when he heard the gospel and he was born again, that uh, his father tried to have him killed twice. And then his father himself tried to kill him. So three times his life was attacked. But that's not the end of the story. It went, as time went on, his father got terminally ill. And this man kept honoring and loving his father as he should, and he took him in his home. And in his last days, he just loved and honored his father. That's still not the end of the story. Because of this man loving God, giving glory to God, and forgiving him, this father became a Christian. He accepted Christ before he went into eternity. That's the kind of thing that God does uh, through a glorious type of understanding and belief system instead of just wrapping it up in ourselves. Jesus said, that he said, glorify me, Father, through this cross. Glorify me. So when you're looking at the cross, and I look at it, well, we look at it, the old rugged cross, uh, it, he did die for us. He shed his blood. It's... Uh, it really is his redemption story for us. No question about it. But that's, 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 that's all correct. It's not incorrect, but it's incomplete. There's the other side of the cross that reveals his glory. This is where God was saying, I want to be glorified through my son and lift him up. Y'all know what Jesus said. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all mankind unto me. So see, folks, that's what we want to do here nationally, internationally, is be sure we're focused on the glory of God so that people will follow him. They will accept him. We don't want them following us. We don't want them um, looking at us to redeem them. We don't want them uh, looking at Lindsay Lane Church or even Christianity as a cause, as a great cause. We want them to know God and see his glory. Amen? That is what really I want to share with you today, that one side of this cross communicates that life is all about us, about me, but the other side of the cross communicates that life is about God. It's all about him. So we want to do that through our GIC, through everything we do. If we aren't careful, we can begin to focus on things that that rob us of the abundant life and the joy in life. 
uh, I was thinking about Susan. My, she's with our connect group right now. But as I got to, I thought I knew her when I married her. But over 40 years of wonderful marriage, I've gotten to know her heart and the things that orbit her heart and her passions. And you know what? It begins to rub off on me. And, and, and it begins to affect me and vice versa. And that's the way it is with God. When you have a personal relationship with him through Jesus, you begin to see life and see the world through his eyes. Let's go to peace. The next key word in our theme this year, uh, John 20, 21, is a missional verse we've used many, many times. Listen to it. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now, I've always looked at that last part of the verse, and as I was meditating on it for this, I saw the first part. Has that ever happened to you? You think, when did God put that in the Bible? You know, it just jumped out at me. The peace, Jesus saying, peace be with you. This is his peace. Now, for certainly for this GIC and this time, we need peace, don't we? My goodness, with the, with the stress and the, uh, all the anxiety that's going with COVID and in our streets, the violence, uh, there, we need peace in our land. But I want to tell you, that's not the peace that Jesus is talking about. See, I, I looked this up on the Internet, so it's got to be true. Peace, there's only been 8% of time recorded history where there were no wars. Man's definition of peace is that little piece of time between wars. Okay? And that is, is not a, a good biblical definition. Uh, history says it's been defined as mankind's inhumanity to mankind. That's, that's world history. That's man's history. But God's history is his story, his story from beginning to end. And that's what we're talking about here. So that peace, that peace that Jesus brings is not what the world's looking for. In fact, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. In John 14, he says, I do not give you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Church, listen to me. Lean in a little bit right now and just listen to me. Jesus is saying to us, imagine the pain that I feel when my children tie themselves up in anxious knots, ignoring my gift of peace. Jesus is saying, I died a criminal's death to secure this blessing for you. Receive it gratefully. Hide it in your heart. Circumstances cannot touch it. Enjoying peace, be still in my presence. That's his message. That's what we want to say through our GIC this year. F folks, we have peace, not as the world defines it, but peace in Christ. Supernaturally, Jesus connects us with God the Father and makes us a friend of God. We go from being an enemy to a friend of God. That's worth shouting about to me. It's, it's, it's a glorious thing. Listen to this statement right here. It really touched me. Peace on earth is what we always say. It's what we want. But peace with God is what we have in Christ. But the peace of God is what we need day to day to day. And he mentioned counseling, and that's, that's where we see a lot of this turmoil and stress and everything. It's because we've got lost our focus. We keep our focus on him and who our peace comes from. Let's move to the next key words, the nations. We're taking God's glory. We're revealing God's glory and peace to the nations. We've always used Acts 1-8 as our strategy. Many churches do that. Uh, let's read Acts 1-8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses 
witnesses. That word means martyrs in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's in some translations, that's the uttermost parts of the earth. And I heard Brother Dusty talking about little Johnny one day, and he said, little Johnny said, I can find Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, but I can't find uttermost. <laughs> He's still looking for it. But that's where we get our local, national, and international strategy, where we're always reaching out. It looks like this at ground zero. Put this slide up. It's kind of like this picture right here. Here's our church. Evangelism ground zero is right here. We talk about our children being the largest age group still to know Christ here. We certainly have a mission field right here, right? And then in our local community, we've been talking about that. Evangelism level two would be out nationally planting churches in Canada and South America. And then internationally, it's all over the world. This is what it would look like. This is what Jesus had in his mind when he gave this Acts 1.8. Look, if all those little dots were churches and they were expanding in concentric circles, that, that's what the world would look like. The gospel would be all over the face of the earth. That's our task and our assignment. But unfortunately, it doesn't look that way. The next slide shows you what our world looks like in terms of people groups. The red represent unreached people groups. That's called the 1040 window right through there. It represents 41% of the world's population. 3.1 billion people, 7,000 unreached people groups. Now, unreached is defined by less than 2% of the population are evangelical Christians. 963 of those people groups are unengaged. There's no active church planning going on. 791 of them have no contact whatsoever. There's much work to be done, church. Would you agree? Would you agree? When we were uh, holding our first GIC, we had our missionaries here, and uh, we asked them. We had them seated. We said, what can we do as Lindsay Lane Church to be more great commissional in our church life, in our church strategy and efforts? And they told us several things. But one thing they told us was to pray and ask God to lead you to an unreached people group, one of those groups. So we did. And God led us to a people group in the remote areas of Zambia, Africa, called the Ela people, I-L-A. Uh, and so we began to go there. We found out they had no Bible in their language. By God's provision to his glory, we were able to participate in translating from their oral language to a written New Testament for those that could read. And we've got audio devices there now for them that can't read. We've put videos and, and films out there. Can you imagine never even seeing a TV and you're watching a video, a film of Jesus Christ in his life? It's powerful. And so that's what God has led us to do. And right now they're translating the Old Testament for them. And we're going to continue that concentric circles out of those churches to reach about 300,000 people there in the uh, Zambia area. Now, I want to ask you an interesting question. Have you ever thought about when Jesus made the statements in Acts 1 8, go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth? Where was Athens, Alabama <laughs> when he's making that statement? We're the ends of the earth. Never thought about it that way, had you? But because of their obedience and their uh, Pursuing and listening to God and doing what they do. We're sitting here today. And that's the way it's supposed to work. 
It's just interesting to me. Now, so let's start thinking about nations a little differently. I want to talk with you about that. That uh, word there is, uh, it, we can look at it like uh, people groups instead of uh Boundaries drawn by political ge- geographical boundaries. The word goy in Hebrew and ethnos in Greek is where we get ethnic from, ethnic people groups. That's really what he's saying. So, so Jesus and God, they don't see the world divided up like that. They just love the world. It's, it's said that Jesus Christ's perspective, there's no nations, there's only the world, for God so loved the world. So our perspective, our, our understanding needs to broaden, folks, if we're going to see this. I'll show you in just a second. Now, I know that I'm, I can give you an example of a people group right here. I'm, from, I'm one of them. I'm from the redneck people group. <laughs> Down in lower Alabama, I, we're, we're identified by our cut-off sleeveless T-shirts, uh, a shotgun in the back of the truck window, and a chewer red man. <clears throat> and that's, that's uh, a people group. We have our own language. We uh, lack culture, <laughs> a lot of things. But I'm just kidding, of course, but even in our own circles, we have a lot of different cultural things going on. So when we look at America, just looking at America, let me give you some facts. The United States is the third highest number of unreached people groups that's collected here. Just right here in Nashville, there's over 300,000 refugees. They've identified over 130 different languages right here in Nashville. So next week, Dan Heinkel will be here. He and his wife, Emily, are serving there in those people groups right there. So you can learn more about that. To me, it's amazing. What's happening, God is bringing the nations to us. You understand? This young man's from Vietnam. His family's here, and people haven't reached out to them. I hear stories like, I've been here three years, and no American has loved on me. Nobody's cared for me. Church, that's just wrong. And we need to look at these people as image bearers of God so that we can share the joy of salvation with them. We're literally a melting pot. So I want to look at that image I put up there a little differently. Ground zero here is in our church, of course. But in our community are people that are like us, look just like us, speak the same language, level one. But level two would be people in our community that speak our language. Maybe they work with us or they don't look like us. They don't, their culture is different. And then level three would be people that God's brought into our communities that have, we have no similarities. You see that? It's just because the world is changing. And we're, it's an exciting time to be a Christian and to be involved in missions. In fact, I think I'm not going to retire, Pastor. I think I just withdrew my retirement. It's, it's just such a, a wonderful opportunity. You don't have to get a passport to interact with someone that believes differently. This young man came from Buddhism. Anyway, I, could, I just rejoice in what God is doing. I want to give you one more visual as I close here, but I'm not going to put a slide up. I want you to picture this in your mind's eye in Revelation 7, 9. You know this, Revelation 7, 9. John says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes, and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation 
belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. They're, they're giving him glory. They're worshiping him. They're, in, they're shouting his peace. And there's no evangelism in heaven. You know that? We won't be doing this. We won't, we, we're, this is our chance. There's no witnessing, no evangelism in heaven. It's all done, so we need to be going. But if it's going to be all tribes, as this says, we've got 7,000 groups we still need to reach. Now, I hope you understand better why we have a global impact celebration. If the questions could be put up there again, why do we do this? Why do we conduct it? Does that make sense a little more to you now? It's not just another church program or event that we have here. Next week, we have... 11 of our great commission partnerships coming to join us in person. We have seven that are joining us virtually. They couldn't get out of their country or whatever. Now, all of them have been COVID. They're cleared and they're, they're quarantined and all that, so don't worry about that. But listen to this. Five of these are our very own Lindsay Lane church members. Three of them grew up in our children's and youth ministries here. And there's two more that's preparing to go to an unreached people group out of our church. And I just say that to brag on God, what he's done here. But it's, that's really a, just a drop in the bucket of what he wants to do. I really believe he wants to do more. So if you look in that booklet, as Pastor Andrew John has said, you'll, reckon, you'll, you'll learn these people and so you can recognize them when you meet them in the hallway and you can encourage them. This is a really special time in their lives. You can Zoom with your group maybe. You can get on a Love Loud project with them and watch, just watch and listen to their stories as God extends Lindsay Lane Baptist Church out to the world. Through these people, these are our extensions. Does that make sense? They're our extensions. They're out there. We partner with them for the gospel. So the last slide there on our, our theme again is what? Can you say it? Revealing God's glory and peace to the nations. I hope that means something to you. It sure means a lot to me. I hope you understand our opportunities. God's given them to us. Let's don't blow it. <laughs> Let's don't pass them up, okay? It's not meology. It's theology. It's looking outside of ourselves. Pastor Anjan, come and close this, brother.